You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Let's get into our science and technology news for the week. Facebook has been in the news for all the wrong reasons in the Mm -hmm. last few months following the Cambridge Analytica revelations about how they'd been uh, passing on detailed information, whether willingly or not, uh, about their users to people who are using that information to send highly targeted political advertising. And it's suggested that that actually influenced the outcome of the last US election, which elected Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And even the Brexit campaign in Europe's also had the same question cast over it. Was social media, in particular Facebook, used, manipulated to change that result in an undemocratic way. Just recently, it's been released that uh, Facebook has actually applied for a patent. This was registered just recently. It was applied for back in 2016. Apparently, they haven't actually decided to go ahead with this. It hasn't been actioned, but Mm -hmm. they they are holding a patent that allows them theoretically to run a TV ad with a hidden sound in it. Mm -hmm. And that hidden sound is inaudible to the human ear, but can be picked up by your smartphone. And that can actually activate the microphone. On your phone? Yep, exactly. And and then determine from, you know, say you watched an ad and then had a conversation about how that was of interest to you, mm-hmm. Facebook could actually analyze the spoken word via your phone and then work out who you are, where you are, what the ad was about, and then send you targeted advertising or send information about your response. So it makes TV advertising more effective if they see that you walked away or you changed channel or that was of no interest and they won't try targeting that ad again mm-hmm. at that particular time. Uh, and I imagine when you open up your news stream, that follow-up ad or the next part of that ad will certainly be you know on your news stream. And apparently there are already hundreds of apps that listen out for audio beacons embedded in marketing broadcasts. Of course That's already yeah. happening. That sort of anecdotal stuff you hear of, you know, oh, we had. I was having a conversation with my mate about, you know, buying a new lawnmower. Then suddenly I, I received some, um, you know, direct messages or, yeah. or stuff on my feed about uh, lawnmower sales near where I live. That kind of stuff is, is not just urban legend. Mm. Kind of disturbing dystopian stuff that they could even be contemplating that uh, given what we know that they've been up to in recent times. Now, if you're sick of Facebook and just following up from that story, there is a a kind of super exclusive Facebook out there. It's a bit kind of a combination of Tinder and Facebook. It's called Raya, that's R-A-Y-A, which apparently in Hebrew means friend. And just to give you an idea, there are only there are 10,000 members of this elite social network. There are 100,000 people on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. There's been people who've tried to offer cash to them, like paying, I'll give you $10,000 cash you know, in a paper bag they want access if, you, to, if you put yeah. me on because they think they're going to meet the A-listers, they're mm-hmm. going to meet people, You know, they're going to improve their social networks, mm-hmm. their business opportunities, all that sort of stuff. The people behind Raya, which is actually a small company, apparently only 11 full-time staff, I think it's based in L.A., the idea is to keep it small and to make it very exclusive, very strict rules for users. You have to maintain strict privacy. If you try to take a screenshot while you're using this app, which is only available for iPhones, by the way, you'll get a stern pop-up message saying, you know, you're not allowed to take screenshots. Don't be because a creep, that, can be, that, that kind of passed thing. Yeah. On. Yep. And disclosing information about other members is strongly discouraged. Privacy is one of the big selling points. So unlike Facebook, which has been shown up, called out for, for its lack of privacy for users, this is something that is, is trying to build trust with people. It's trying to make everything very, very private. And they kind of liken, liken it to a, a private dinner party where you've sort of chosen who you've got there mm-hmm. and you kind of kept the whole thing very in-house and small scale. I can scale. see this is probably the direction that social media will go, particularly if you look at, say, a blockchain technology and a social media. If you're trying to protect your data but share it with appropriate people, then the blockchain could be used 
used to create sort of a signature against uh, pictures or information that as it is landed on somebody's phone, then uh, that signature remains there. And if that person was to share it on, then it's you can trace it back to that person and you can either kick them off the network or shut them down from future communications. Yeah. Yep. The uh, head of that company is a guy called Daniel Gendelman. Uh, he's only 34. He's based in LA. He started this up after sort of apparently having some bad experiences himself using the likes of Tinder. So it is a way that you can meet people for the purposes of dating. Apparently, but can anyone join? Is it uh... well? No. I mean, if they look at things like how many followers you've got on social media, mm-hmm. they try to work out whether you're kind of worthy of it beforehand, mm-hmm. and they, they use algorithms as well as personnel who work at the company to actually individually assess your yeah, right. application. So very hard to become a member. It's not just for people who are rich or you know with with fast cars and private planes and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Although there are some people who fit that description as members, you just need to have something that they think is going to kind of add value so to this the is, network. This is kind of like the, uh, the China social score experiment that they're running at the moment because if you do a good thing, then you get better services or maybe reduced um, you know, pricing and costs. Whereas if you do bad things in China, then uh, that means you can't fly anywhere, you can't get internet, yeah. etc. So in a way, this is somewhat loosely connected to this model because if you're a good upstanding citizen that can uh, respect the privacy of others and that can contribute, has a a big following then you have a chance of being involved or connected with part of this group they kind of claim it's an elite response to the homogenization of digital culture the popular and beautiful have always had private parties invite only conferences and vip rooms why would the internet be any different or why should the, the internet the, be any different the, the, the worst part of the internet are the the trolls that uh, are in there and just adding useless waffle and uh, and poor taste comments on, on pretty much every uh, article and post and and communication that goes up so if these can people can be locked out I think that is very good for the internet. Now, just moving on with the news, a couple of stories relating to life beyond our own planet. Obviously, the place that we've been looking at pretty closely is Mars, and I'll come to that. But NASA has set up a thing called NEXSS. So you could kind of say, I don't know, Nexus is the, the, the way you pronounce it, but it's the Nexus for Exoplanet Systems Science. And it's to develop a suite of things that you look at to determine whether a planet's likely to have life on it or not. Mm-hmm. So so in the case of Mars, we've talked recently about there being these regular releases of methane mm-hmm. and the suggestion is maybe it's microbial life under the surface, but we don't know for sure. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get more scientific about the things that they look for, the, the biomarkers, if you like, of life. Mm-hmm. They're trying to refine the science which helps them determine whether we should really be focusing in on one area or one particular planet that we've found. It might have been a Kepler planet that was found using that planet hunting uh, satellite or even uh, TESS, the the new planet hunter that's been launched Mm -hmm. recently. How do we go through, how do we sift through all the data that it's got and and actually focus on the ones that are are truly likely to have life? So Mm -hmm. it is about looking for a suite of characteristics rather than one individual marker. And they're getting better at doing this. We'll post links, but um, it's the nexus for exoplanet system science that NASA's got going to take stock of our knowledge in the search for life on distant planets and to lay the groundwork for moving the related sciences forward according to martin still who's a nasa exoplanet scientist in washington he said we're moving from theorizing about life elsewhere in our galaxy to a robust science which will eventually give us the answer we seek to that profound question are we alone 
Just finally, from me before I hand over to John, the Cassini spacecraft was out orbiting Saturn. It was a hugely successful uh, mission, and it uh, was deliberately crashed into that planet to mm -hmm. kind of preserve the moons. And one of the moons that's of particular interest is Enceladus. Mm -hmm. They flew the Cassini orbiter through some of these plumes that they discovered coming out of cracks near the South Pole of Enceladus, and they found the building blocks of life basically yeah. contained in those plumes. They'd love to go back there with something which has got more sensitive instruments, unlike Cassini. Cassini is actually specifically designed to measure what's in those plumes. Mm -hmm. They have gone back and looked over the data that Cassini found, and this is in uh, the journal Nature, and it's basically saying that there are macromolecular organic compounds from the depths of Enceladus that have been uh, found in the data from Cassini from looking over it again. Observations have emitted ice grains containing concentrated and complex macromolecular organic material with molecular masses above 200 atomic mass units. Now, that sounds like gobbledygook, probably is. They're suggesting that there are more complex molecules than originally thought that are coming out from from Enceladus and this really does make it the prime place based on this new information to look for life probably more so than anywhere else in the solar system at the moment based on what we know the data can strain the macromolecular structure of organic de of organics detected in the ice grains and suggest the presence of a thin organic rich film on top of the oceanic water table where organic nucleation cores generating by the bursting of bubbles allow the probing of Enceladus organic inventory enhanced concentrations mm -hmm. now again Again, I'm reading straight from Nature there, uh, which is a, a scientific, fairly dry journal. Yeah. What that means is that there's a subsurface ocean, which on the top of that, bubbling to the top of that, is a thin layer of rich organic material, and that could well contain microbes. Yeah, right. We don't know yet, mm -hmm. but we're refining what we know about that, and it is, as I said, making it really the prime target in our solar system. So Amazing. exciting news from Enceladus. John, what have you got for us? Well, if you like uh, public spaces but concerned about security, then seeing drones may be a welcome sign in future. Right. Uh, from the University of Cambridge, uh, lead researcher Amarjot Singh has been working on a technology to incorporate a, an AI, artificial intelligence, into drones, which can assess violent situations such as punching, stabbing, kicking or strangling in uh, public. So right. basically what this would mean is your, a, a drone would fly overhead if there was something that uh, was happening or about to happen, this AI could determine this and then send a signal to local enforcement agencies and say, send a team here right now. And we've actually reported a couple of years ago on a similar thing where they look at sort of the the, um, the hotspots of social media usage in, in say, war zones yeah. uh, to see where there might be a, a demonstration or exactly. an outbreak of, of violence or, or unrest, that sort of stuff. Look, it is great. I mean, apparently the same technology has been used to locate abandoned bags in busy public areas right. and That's to great. detect ATM theft with an accuracy of around about 96%. Look, it, it is a good technology. The I guess the downside is with any of these uh, things is... Uh, uh, where is this information going? Who is analysing it? Once it's gone from the AI, is that being then captured elsewhere? And who actually can get their hands on it? And could it be used for other things such as suppressing peaceful protests? So, look, it is good for um, security if that is the major concern. But just with any technology, it has to be used in an appropriate fashion as well. Of course. Now, China has uh, reportedly made a very powerful laser gun. Yeah, so, awesome. straight out of science fiction. Uh, but this is... Uh, this is a little bit scary, but it's the ZKZM500 laser assault rifle, and it can instantly carbonize human skin and tissues. Wow. Now, it can shoot from up to one kilometer away. It has 
a range of 800 meters on sort of mounted vehicles. Mm-hmm. What happens is it shoots in sort of short bursts, so two second bursts that will hit either skin and then decarbonize that, okay. or it will actually set your clothing on light, and obviously a very painful death can occur from that. So Gee. it's very scary, but it is, I guess, the future of weaponry that we're, we're looking at with as technology advances. So does uh, weaponry. Mm. And looking that it will cost around about 20000 Australian dollars. Obviously, that's not uh, available to general public. <laughs> Look, it's sort of reminiscent, I guess, of um, you know Star Wars and the like and shooting lasers. I believe it's going to have sort of a lithium-ion battery, which is a rechargeable battery right. and has quite a number of shots, quite a few, uh, 1,000 shots per charge, okay. uh, lasting no more than two seconds uh, each. Right. Uh, very concerning. Mm. Now, Amazon uh, was released uh, a little while ago and it has been a little bit lackluster. A lot of people complaining that uh, there's not really been the range of, of products that you would expect, particularly uh, when we look at the American site. And now with uh, the GST rules, the 10% GST being applied to um, all overseas transactions, mm. uh, it, it's sort of calling into question, well, what is the real value of uh, Amazon? Uh, and that may be answered with the release of Amazon Prime. Now, this is a service that um, anyone can access. Uh, you don't have to use this, but it certainly does come with some benefits. And this... Uh, it has some really attractive pricing. So overseas, uh, if you were to get uh, Amazon Prime in the US, you would be paying the equivalent of around about 161 Australian dollars. Okay. Or in Britain, you'd be paying about 141 Australian dollars. Germany, 77 or Canada, 80. But here, we're getting it for $59 per year. Okay, so we're getting it for less than really a lot of other countries cheap. around the world. Yeah, really aggressive. Right. So it, it is worth investigating. Mm. So the main reasons you would get this, if, if you're actually making a few purchases from Amazon, mm. it can mean really quick delivery time so a two-day delivery time assuming it comes out of one of their warehouses there are some items that come from other sources okay. and not direct from amazon yep. but if it's coming out of their warehouse it's uh, priority delivery to you within two days and free delivery yeah so if you buy something an item if and you don't have to have prime but if you're buy over 50 dollars yep. then you will get free delivery okay. but with prime it, i don't believe there's any restrictions on that you can just buy whatever you like sometimes when you buy delivery. a book and it's a second hand book the, the unit price on the book may be a lot less than the shipping cost you know it might be just you know exactly. f- five dollars or something or less so, for the book so if you're buying small items that are quite cheap mm. and you're not spending over that 50 dollar amount then yes there'll be a delivery charge mm. you got to do the sums but if it's say five or six dollars mm. then all you need is is 10 uh, transactions yep. and you've equated essentially this $59 price. Yep. Um, and so if you think that you could buy one thing a month from Amazon, not only will you get the free delivery, but you'll also get access to other services. So that is including sort of the Amazon's you know, media service, and like there's uh, TV shows that you might want to watch. Right. Uh, okay. So th- there are actually quite a few... Uh, Cloud services, everything, all the services that Amazon off- offers. All, all, and so, and basically uh, Jeff Bezos, the sort of the founder or the owner of um, Amazon had previously said that... Uh, um, you know, Prime is is their goal, and he said, "Make no mistake, it is to make sure that if you are not a Prime member, you are being irresponsible." <laughs> okay. There we go. So I think, look, it's it's worth looking into. I I actually bought a few things yesterday on um, Amazon, and it was sort of coming up like, uh, "Join now and free trial, and you know, get Prime." Well, I think this yeah. isn't there going to be some kind of. Well, it's probably happened now, but there was the new pricing and the geo-blocking of the US site. I think that applies from the end of our financial year it's, here. It applies now. Yeah. So you, you can't buy from directly from the US site and get shipped here. You might be able to go via a shipper, mm-hmm. but they do have a global site. So you go to Amazon Global and okay. you can then buy it. And it might be in America, but it'll be able to be shipped to you. And if you have the Prime service, that will be shipped free. Okay. So it's actually 
Really uh, worth, yeah, worth considering. Worth considering, that's mm, right. Sure. Now, uh, just finally from me, the NVIDIA Shield, which has been around for a couple of years. This is a, a little media center. It's also a gaming platform. And this, uh, it, basically, it's a little device which you just plug into your TV and you can use the Android um, TV system, allowing you to watch uh, YouTube or, or Netflix, etc. cetera. Uh, this is actually coming to Australia. So you have been able to buy it from overseas and get it shipped here. That obviously comes with some additional costs costs for um, you know, freight and, and now GST. But NVIDIA have announced that they uh, will be releasing it in Australia this month. That is July of 2018. Uh, it's expected to be available for around about $249. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you, that comes with its proprietary controller, but you can uh, pay extra for a remote control. Uh, now, I do believe that Android 8 Oreo is actually being uh, sort of released onto this shield, which means that it won't be sort of the silly TV Android experience that it has been in past and I would suggest that this is probably the leading media center platform that, that you could get your hands on so if okay. you're looking for an upgrade or looking to get into this whether you want to watch Netflix stand 10 play or you want to play some games some Android games for example on your TV this is definitely the product to look at it is something that I'll be purchasing very soon as soon as it's available in Australia okay. I will be buying it and I can certainly report back with more information from there Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.